0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: It is a little more difficult for you because you're just beginning to learn these truths and I don't want you to just take these truths and throw them in like a, that's a horrible illustration, but a snowflake in the Blizzard of truth, because you don't know anything about blizzards and snow here in Florida. But but the same, these are key, but watch this. That doesn't mean you just go willy-nilly through life. I believe that God does have a plan for your life. And I believe it's or a will for your life. Now, these are biblical wills. These are easy to figure out, but there is something that God wants you to do. You were in the mind of God before you were in your mother's womb. You were given all sorts of stuff to get you to this far. So if you don't know what that plan is, and here's what I would encourage you to do, then God's will for you, while you're doing this, is to to discover God's will for you. That's God's will for you. And then when you find it, do it with all your might, no matter what it costs you. Okay, I'm going to leave that and give you the last point right here. I want to talk about Jonah learned how much God can do with one person who will take the second chance. Isn't that interesting? When God does give you a second chance, He gives you a second chance so that you will do something. And here's what I really love. When you take that second chance in faith and you step forward knowing that God gave you that second chance, God will do greater things in your life than you ever could imagine. He's not looking for people perfect people, actually. (laughs) He's looking for the opposite. He's looking for broken people. Okay there's a whole potter and the clay story, remember that? Go back to that, and he will use you. So when I look at all of this, I'm very much encouraged by it. Look at the verse now. It says, so Jonah arose, that was a good thing, and he went to Nineveh. He finally got the memo. According to the word of the Lord, he did what he was supposed to do. He went there. So now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and he said this, Listen, this is cool. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was the message. Hey, you guys, God is going to rain judgment on you. In the English, there's eight words. In the Hebrew, there's only five words. So it's a little tiny little phrase. Now, I really think there was a lot more around it, but the Lord said, all you need to know is this people for eternity, for the legacy, that God's going to do this. So he had the message and he moved ahead with it. And he did what he was told to do. So he went there. Now, I'm not really sure if he started the very first person that, you know, came through the gate while he was walking through Nineveh. I personally think he started earlier than later, so I don't think he went out and came back. I really think he started doing that. So I'm just going to say to you, once you know what you should do on all those that I already listed, start right now. Start right now. Start today. I'm tired. Yeah, so am I. We all are tired. We've got to get into this stuff. And now, let God take care of the results. So don't say, I'll do this if... I'll do this because you love me. Follow me, okay? And I think that's a wonderful charge for all of us. I also want to remind you that sometimes um, we are given a second chance and we blow it. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't have anybody particularly in my mind, but some of you know that you got a second chance on another marriage and you blew that and now you're in another one. And I want you to know, Again, move forward with these truths and make this work. Now watch this. And whatever you might have lost because of wrong choices in the past, God can take where you are right now and open to you a wonderful opportunity to touch people's lives as a marriage builder of others. I am so excited for your future. All of you have that hope, but don't waste it. There's another guy in the Bible. (laughs) Say this word with me. Hezekiah. Can you say that? Hezekiah. That's, again, Hezekiah. Hezekiah's a pretty good dude. He did what he was supposed to do as the king, and, um, but now he's getting ready to die. He's older, and the Lord says, you're going to die. Get your estates, you know, tell all your kids how much they're getting, that kind of thing. Take care of it all. Let everybody know this is going to be it. And what would you do? Well, some of you are so spiritual. I praise the Lord. I'm going to heaven. You know, well, not me. <laughs> you know, there was a man in my life named Dr. Mark Cameron, and when I was in school with Dr. God, um, I, I could not talk to this guy. But he kept saying, if you cut my suspenders, I'd go up now. He was so excited about going to heaven. I wasn't. I'm hardly there now, but I wasn't. And so finally I got up enough courage and I said, and I waited till everybody was gone because I didn't want everybody to think I was so stupid. But I went up and I said, Dr. Cameron, you said something today. I, I don't doubt what you're saying, but... Is there something, I did this, I said, is there something wrong with me? Because you are so excited about heaven, you, you, you talk about it and you can't wait to get there. I, I'm not excited about going to heaven. And he put his hand on my shoulders, only Mark could do in his southern Tennessee drawl, he said. Brother Pons, I was shocked he knew my name. Okay, Brother Pons, if you've been in the war as long as I have, you'd be looking forward to heaven. That's a good word, isn't it? It's a good word. I don't think Hezekiah was very much in the war. I mean, he had stuff going on, a lot of stuff happening, but in reality, he didn't really know the Lord. He didn't have that depth of relationship. So he cried, oh God, please give me more life. I just want to have a little little, little, little longer. And the Lord said, okay, I'll give it to you. That was the worst thing he could have done. He twisted that second opportunity that he had and he messed it up. Pride showed off everything that he had to envoys, people, envoys, that were coming from basically the enemy or potential, real potential enemies. It's like saying, hey, enemy, come here, let me show you all my weapons. Isn't that stupid? But it wasn't like, oh, I want to show you what God did and how you guys better run from us. It was like, look at all that I have. All I can tell you, pride drove it. So when God gives you a second chance, don't be cocky about it. Own it in humility. And if God then reduces the length of your second chance, celebrate it. Because if He extended it, it could be worse. So I just want to encourage you with that. So you got Hezekiah, and there's so many more that wasted their chance, and I don't want to waste God's chance. Now, if you don't mind, for just a moment, I want to speak to all of you that are kind of like what we would call outside Christianity or outside Christ. I want to give you some hope, too. The first illustration I want to give you is, there's only two. I think you'll like these. There was a guy, actually there was two of them, that were evil guys. They did, how can I say, illegal things, stealing, stuff like that. And according to the judgment, those guys were to be executed. They were thieves. Oddly enough, but I think the sovereignty of God, Place those two thieves on crosses on either side of the God of second chances. And so you had a thief on this side and a thief on that side. This thief decided to uh, humiliate all those guys that were against Christ, so he was kind of in that camp. God was giving this guy a second chance, maybe not in this life, but in the next, and this guy just spit in Christ's face, rhetorically speaking. This guy over here. He had a second chance, too, just like the other guy. But this guy took the second chance, and he looked at the Lord and said, you, the man, you're God. And the interesting thing, I hope you understand how progressive Scripture goes, he didn't know Jesus was going to come back to life again. Frankly, I think he had it harder than we have it. But yet he looked to the Lord. So you that are out there now, that are on the outside looking in, I just want to know which thief are you. That's a question I had to ask me. Am I the thief that's going to reject, maybe even continue mocking or giggling about Jesus or just denying Him like this guy did? Or am I going to be like this guy on this side who says, I don't know all there is about Scripture. I hardly know anything. Just like this guy didn't know anything. But I know who Jesus is. I know enough that He's God. There's enough people that have proved that to me. And I'm going to take my little childlike faith which is so small, so, chi- t- so infant. And I'm going to put it in Jesus Christ right now. So for you that are on the outside of all of this, God says you can have a second chance for all eternity. This guy didn't have it for life, but he had it for eternal life by placing his faith in Christ. And then I want to end with all of us here. You and me have already received our second chance. And frankly, if I don't ever get another chance for anything else in my life, I'm grateful for this second chance that I can have eternal life. So no matter what God puts me through right now, He can do whatever He wants with me. I really mean that. I don't know that I'll do it always cheerfully, but in my heart, that's where I'm at. Listen to this passage. You and me get a second chance. All of us need a second chance, and God is willing to give it. Here it is. And you who are dead in trespasses and sins, that means you are so dead. I mean, bodily you're alive, but you are so spiritually dead, you couldn't do anything about it. You're dead. I mean, you're hopeless, helpless, desperate. That's who we are. But God, here it is, being rich in mercy. Ooh, God steps in, second chance coming. Mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us. Ooh, mercy, love, dripping. And then it says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, the God of what? Second chances. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. Now, that's kind of strange to understand that, but that basically means he died, came back to life, rose up in heaven when we trusted him. It's as if we died with him because we're believing we're with him. We came to life with him, and guess what? We get to go to heaven too. But it goes on to say, For by grace you've been saved through faith. That means it is simple faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of any works you do. So folks, those of you on the outside, you're never too bad to get saved, that's why he said mercy first. No matter how bad you are, you're not going to get what you deserve, and you know it, you know it, I mean, you you can try to figure out all the race after other religions if you want to, but it ain't going to work, because inside, you know, you know, and I knew. So he pours his mercy, but he loves us so much, he says, okay, now that's the mercy, now by grace... I'm going to give you heaven and salvation. And part of that is, it's, its by is, I'm giving you that whole concept of trusting and making it so simple that it's by faith. So my mercy to you is that you're a sinner, but I still will let you get all of this other stuff through my grace now. So you have mercy and you've got this grace. Now you get this grace, which means God says, I don't care what you've done, what you will do, I am now going to wrap you in my love. I've died on the cross for you. It's as if I took you to hell with me, but I didn't leave you there. And I grabbed you up out of hell and I left this earth and I'm in heaven. And in a sense, we're already in heaven. And he says, that's all for you. All you've got to do is trust me. That's what happened to the people in Nineveh. They believed God. In other words, that's truth. And then they believed in God. So you have to believe him. That's truth. But now trust in him that that truth is real. And that's what happened. Now, it's so neat that God doesn't say, okay, now you're saved. Go ahead. Your life is just whatever you want it to be, and we mess it up. No, now God says, wait, 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 wait. I got you here now. Now I've got a wonderful life ahead of you right here. I've got some works that you're to walk in. Here it is. I have some second chances for you to walk in. Well, I want to give you some last thoughts, so I'm going to write these down. But God's mercy, grace is demonstrated through the kindness of God through all of us. If you want a theme for the Bible, everybody likes themes. I like a theme. I like theme songs of certain movies. But the theme of the Bible would be this. The revelations of a God of second chances. I know Jesus is all in there, but Jesus is a name for some people. But when you see what Jesus is, what He does, that just makes for people to see how altogether lovely He is. He is the God of second chances. Will you let Him? give you a second chance. Don't waste the second chance God's given you. I've been given a do-over. I'm not going to waste it. Since the God of second chances lives His life in us, this is the hard part. We all like that. God, give me a second chance. We need to give a second chance to those who offended us. If your mate is offending you and give them another chance. If your teenager is really hurting you, give them another chance. business partner, person in the church, frankly, even if it's me, let's give each other second chances and third chances. Jesus said so. How many times are we supposed to forgive someone? Well, basically, how many times are we supposed to give them a second chance? Seventy times seven, and it just goes on and on. Now, I don't mean you say, okay, kick me here, kick me there, keep on kicking me, you do whatever you want, but it's the way we handle those things in life. We have a second chance now to handle those things biblically. And the last I'm going to say to those of you who are new, brand new here, and then we'll be done. This is such a special group of people. How many of you have been given a second chance? Would you raise your hand? Okay, put your hand down. Those of you who are guests, you're in an auditorium filled with people that have gotten second chances. And they want you to feel safe here when you come. They want you to know that they want people that want second chances. And together, we can make something. So I pray wherever you go, if you don't have a place, that this would be your place. We want to show you how much we love the Lord by loving you. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed. How can we just hear this and get gone? Some of the best meals that we eat, we like to sit around and just kind of let it kind of digest. Sometimes we we sleep because we're at peace. And right now you're at peace, so let it settle. So what did we learn today? That there is a God of second chances. What else did we learn? Is that God wants to give you a second chance. But you've got to take it and not waste it. And then finally, God wants to say that with that second chance, you could even have greater results. That's the kind of God that we love. That's the kind of God that we worship. And frankly, that's the kind of God that makes it so easy for us to obey. For those of you, again, that are on the outside, this is something that just didn't happen through just we sat in the building and all of a sudden we hear these messages and we became something. No, 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 there's a willful act that we have to to do. it first begins with, do you believe that Jesus is the Lord, God Almighty, the only Lord, the sufficient God? Would you believe that that Jesus Christ, God, went to the cross and died and rose again? Would you believe that there are things in your life by your very nature and choices that you make that we might call sin, call it whatever you want, but you know that it's not right and that has broken the heart of God. Believe that. You believe the horrible consequences of eternity for you if you don't deal with that correctly. Good works isn't the correct way to do it. Religious works aren't the correct way to do it. Trusting in Christ and good works isn't the way to do it. He says, it's got to be all of me or it's none of me. There's no halfway. So how hard is that to simply say to the Lord with your heart, Lord, thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for giving me an eternal second chance. He loves you. Would you trust him right now? Now, there's really no prayer. There's, there's a transaction going on. Yeah, there's that communication thing going on with you you and the Lord. He knows your heart. You can't make a mistake. There's no little rote little system that you have to sign a contract. You just need to know that you've got to transfer your trust from yourself or anything else and just put it in Christ and to do that. And that seals the deal. And when I use the word seal the deal, <laughs> I meant that. Scripture says it is so sealed you can't undo the deal. Why? Because God's a God of second chances. If you did that, you wouldn't get a second chance. You get one chance to trust Christ, you get that done, that's done, now the rest of your life you have a God of grace and mercy that results in peace. Maybe some of you are here and this is such a struggle and you'd like someone to pray for you. I'm not going to have you come forward or come here to the altar or stand up or anything. But maybe you feel safe enough now to at least let me know that today is the day you want to trust Christ as your Savior. So here's about the safest way I could do something that's a little bit of a stretch. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. No one's looking around, so they won't see you do it. I will. But the important thing is God saw your heart before you raised your hand. So this is kind of the -the after-the-fact thing. But I'm going to pray for you. Now when I do, I'm not going to mention your name. I'm not going to do anything after you raised your hand. I'll let you know I saw it. Thank you. God bless you. That's it. But then in a generic way, so you won't be embarrassed, I'm going to take that to the Lord. The beauty of it is you're not generic with the Lord. He knew you in his mind before you were born, so he knows what's going on right now with you, my friend. He wants you in heaven more than you want to be there, so if you're doing the the, the trust part, he knows how much there is, and so I wouldn't worry about that. So take a moment and just meditate on the Lord and who you are and where you're going. Those of you that are outside, you, you do that, outside the faith. Those of you who are Christians, that was for them. But now what about you? This isn't just an evangelistic meeting. This is for all of us. Me too. Can you imagine? Now some of you will understand what i can you imagine what I went through to put this message together? I had to validate myself through the Word of God. I couldn't do it myself. I can't, you could say anything you want to me, but I needed to be validated through God's Word. You need to be validated. I, all the people can slap you on the back. Hey, you got to You're a great guy. All that. No, no. You need to be validated through the Word of God. And you got validated through the Word of God today. And by the way, you just got a tip of the iceberg. Maybe there's some things you need to do in your life. Maybe God's given you a do-over and you need to recommit yourself to that do-over and say, you know what, I'm not going to mess this one up. I have an extension on the life of my relationship with so-and-so, my wife, my mate, kids. I have an extension of my life in my business, my ministry, even my health. And so I'm not going to, with pride, be cocky about it. But with humility, I'm going to depend upon a God I love with all my heart, soul, and mind to let this live out. All right, back to the first group. If you've had your time with the Lord now and you know it's by faith alone in Christ and you placed your faith in Christ, no one's looking around, I promise you. Even the folks up here, they can play their guitar without looking, so no one's going to see you. Don't worry about it. No one's going to come up. I'm not going to see you afterwards. If you want to talk to me, I'll be here for you. But... This is for you now, you and the Lord. Is there anyone here today that is placing their faith in Christ alone? Today was the day they're celebrating a God of second chances. And now you know your greatest second chance is you can spend eternity with God and all of us who have trusted you. All right, would you slip up your hand right now? Is there anyone today that'd like me to pray for them if today's the day? All right, how about you, brothers and sisters in Christ? I know it's a little different because I know some of you, and you know me. The guests I don't know, but you I do. But you'd still like me to pray for you. Let me make this clear to you. I will have no judgment on you. What you do here stays here in my mind when I leave here, and I will not be burdened with whatever you're thinking about in your past. I love you. Those of you that say, I'm still too shy to do that with you, Stan. Don't let your shyness with me to keep you from making that decision with the Lord. Just keep your hand down. It's okay. I don't don't need to see your hand. You don't need to have me see your hand. I'll just pray for you as a brother and sister in Christ, and I just ask all of you, answer this question. Will you pray for me to use the second chance that God has given me? I pray so. So is there anyone in here that would like to have a special prayer because God has extended your life, has given you a do-over now and you're going to use it for the glory of God and you would like to have prayer that you would continue to keep your eyes on Him because it's all about Jesus. Would you slip up your hand? Is there anyone here today? Oh my word, oh my word. Now I hope that your hand is truly an extension of your heart as I would want mine to be. So let us stand together, shall we? Let's stand together. Father, we're standing not because it's an end of a worship service, because it really isn't yet. We are going to worship the rest of our life, you. We are standing, though, in honor of you. And while we are standing in honor of you, we are kneeling in our heart before you, our great God and Savior. We thank you that you are a God of second chances. And so, Lord, we now are going to plummet the depths of Scripture by your Spirit and see all that you have for us as we move forward for the glory of God and Jesus Christ. Now, Father, I thank you that when we mess up again, you are a God of a third chance and a fourth chance, as long as we mess up and break up, so that, Father, we can live for you. And Father, I thank you for what I believe is going to be a great future for all of us here and, of course, forever. Father, I love you so much and I love these people. And I love them that we can go on this journey, not with the college or maybe even with the church, but that we can go on this journey with you and that you are altogether lovely and you will never leave us and never forsake us, no matter what, so we can say boldly that you are and forever will be our helper. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all.